0: Good afternoon, fellow goodness. Welcome to another episode of Canon Talk. I'm here
1: this morning. My coach, as usual, Aiden. I think guys, Arsenal versus West Ham, and we also take on the um, discuss the Arsenal versus Liverpool game as well, which will happen next weekend. Um Arsenal West Ham, you know, a, a tough game, a tough fixture. You know, West Ham coming off a loss against um Man United on the Monday. Um Arsenal, you know, a, a loss against Olympiakos, but through to the next round and throwing Slavia Prague. So, you know, Arsenal's tails were up and and it was going to be a tough game, but I thought, you know, Arsenal could maybe sneak something in here because they've been on good form in the league. You know, they've shown that they can get results. They show they can play. So,
0: you know, I was hoping that we
1: are going to see another performance from the guys.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, going to the game, I was um, somewhat weary because look at at Almost like took a, um, I believe it was an own goal against Man United for yeah. the Red Devils to overcome them. And I mean, they've been causing almost like havoc, you know, as they've been going through. Because I think even with the, when they played Man City, West Ham really made them sweat for that win. Yeah. And I mean, for me, I think, I don't know David Moyes has got that sort of blend now in that team where. It's, i mean they've almost like become like a, a real difficult team to now overcome because i mean look uh, you don't also know if it's like just a purple patch they're eating now for the season and then come next season you know we back to how we always be knowing um you know where them go about things but they end up like struggling and that but that being said in the north London Derby I, like I felt we you know were slacking off at the end then i mean the like the last 10 minutes I should say and then you, you take the Olympiakos game uh we we just didn't get you know, get going in the game. And I was, that actually was the reason I was not feeling weary, you know, taking on West Ham at 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 their ground. And then also not like, you know, we're not really gelling and and, and eating the ground running. And I mean, the game, it kicks off. Hammers immediately, of course, applying the pressure. And I mean, it was almost like close to 10 minutes where it was like relentless. Not only West Ham possession, but pressure because Arsenal just could not get even out of they're on off because everything was not just based on that off. What was your thoughts? Like seeing the
1: approach we had looked at was like also oh, were you know, really caught totally asleep in this game. I think it's probably one of the as bad as I've seen us play all season, like, you know, where those people were overeating passes, weren't, you know, switched on. I I don't know if players were tired or, or what was happening because it just like we weren't at the races, as they say, playing with the handbrake on trying to go uphill in first gear, basically, or, sorry, fifth gear, like, you know, trying to just push it in fifth gear immediately, that to pull away and go uphill, like, it, it was really a labor performance, and, you know, I, I, like, with that first 10 minutes you mentioned, you, you start asking yourself, is Arsenal going to wake up, or is it going to be one of those days of Arsenal where you just watch them till the end, where they just kind of don't show anything or any form of, you know, uh, fight, because you, you, you're thinking now as well, you know, Teams have been dropping points in and around you. So you still, I'm not saying you're going to get top four, but put the run together and see where you can get. You So, what happened with Chelsea when they changed the manager. Yeah. Then, 14th minute,
0: Bowen then gets on the end of a, a route one pass, which, you know, Arsenal failed to clear. But luckily, Pablo Marie, he's a like kind of on the ball. He ends up going again with an 88 sprint in the way of like the way he chased down Jamie Vardy. And I mean, he just starts leaning into Bowen, who, of course, I think, under, like, when he felt a bit of pressure, he just flung himself in the box looking for a penalty. But I mean, the ref wave play on rightfully. But I mean, that was already more, you know, warning signs coming off. And then, 15th minute, Antonio then speeds down the Arsenal right flank. Oh, sorry, the left. Or I think it was the left or something like that. But the fullback just couldn't read the run of Antonio. He ends up you Know cutting the ball back because I think everybody was also anticipating the, the cross and you not know, the cutback. And of course, we were now just lying deep. And I mean, the minute he cuts the, Antonio, cuts the ball back, Jesse Lingard lines up and just smashes the ball past Ben Leno in the Arsenal goal one-oh, West Ham. Yeah, I,
1: th- I think it was It really is shocking. Obviously. Like, you know, our Lingard scores once again past Arsenal after we just mentioned it. You know, he, he just seems to have that knack of scoring past Arsenal. It's weird how certain players, you know, no matter who they play for, where they are, they just find the back of the net against Arsenal. I mean, 1-0 to the Hammers, and you were thinking, okay, you know, Arsenal these days need a wake-up call when um, they, yeah. you know, kick up to the races, but, you know, straight after the kickoff, like, Arsenal won after the races, they were still, you know, on the ropes like a boxer, basically. Yeah, and I mean,
0: I, like, you know, when with with uh, the, the kick-off commenced again, um, you know, I was kind of still rocked. rock, I was, like, in my seat thinking, you know, putting into perspective what I now just witnessed because, look, our players were also backing off instead of closing the, the guy down. Because, I mean, the way Len got... I mean, look, it was a snapshot. But, I mean, had yeah, the, all the time to already si- um, like, size up the situation where he's going to place the ball. Because, I mean, it was... almost was like to finish, yes. But, I mean, he already knew right ahead, like, what he wanted to do. Because, like, so, David Luiz, Pablo Marie, uh, Thomas Party, they were all, you know, really you know, quite a few feet away from the action zone. And I mean, that yeah. for me was a major, major concern. And then, I mean, what oh, was 18th minute. Arsenal, again, give away a cheap free kick. Thomas Partey was like clattering. I mean, uh, I think that the players have made the most of it. But I mean, you, get, you also have to be wise, you know, in and around yeah. the box. So, I mean, while we're busy, not really organising ourselves. And, and, you know, the old uh, trade, like, you know, when you, when you used to play football, your coach is always telling you, To face the ball, watch the action as well. You're backing and positioning yourself. we all just dawdling around. And in that moment, Um, uh, Lingard plays a quick free kick to uh, Bowen, who of course catches the whole Arsenal defence out cold. And I mean, he ends up just smashing the ball past Leno at his near post. Two no West Ham. But there's a dodging keeping of Leno as well. Yeah, that was, because, uh, I mean, the, the the way he even positioned himself, it was like he was trying to smack the ball into the mm-hmm. ground, even though it was a, a ground shot coming at him at like 100 miles an hour, because I really thought he was going to more position his body at the near post, because he could see Bowen had no other option but to just smash the ball, because it even caught some of their players, you know, kind of cold, because that's why none of them were uh, getting themselves into the box. So it was just up to him not to, you know, he and
1: open. I mean, he ended up taking the chance and he scored. I mean, yeah, 2-0 Arsenal and, you know, what was was frustrating for me at that time, I had no feed at the moment because that channel that that I was watching the game on, it wasn't picking up, so I'm kind of following this game. You're like, it's 2-0 Arsenal, what's going on? Like, you know, you you eventually watch the highlights for that first part and get shocked, but you're like, what's going on? We're 2-0 down already. You know, is it going to be one of those days? Because Arsenal were just non-existent. I mean... They were caught cold all the time. People were running past us and we were getting bust all the time, actually. It was really frightening to see. Then the
0: 32nd minute, a Kufal that was being played quite class on the on the right side forward. He ends up, you know, pushing high up the pitch, whooping across in. Uh Michel Antonio ends up out jumping. David Luiz was kind of just ball-watching. And of course, he's goal-bound either. I mean, it looks on the money for a goal, but I mean, it ends up freaking off Suchik's chest and just almost like going further away from Leno. 3-0 West Ham. can the
1: Yeah, I, I still miss it I was like, oh, what's going on like, with this game? we 3-0 down. And it, it looked like, you know, that's going to be one of those days where you actually get hammered by the hammers. No pun intended. I mean... You, you couldn't see a way back for them. I mean, we never showed anything for that. What was it? Probably first 35 minutes. It was really poor football from Arsenal. And I don't know, like, why they start off so badly and need this kind of yeah. reality checks in a game to be able to, you know, kick on and start the ignition.
0: But I mean, there's the eighth minute. I mean, you could actually now see, you know, who's the type of players that you want to go into war with. Um, Martin Odegaard, Callum Chambers, and Lacazette, you know, even though everybody else's heads were down, they were trying to push the fight and give the fight to West Ham. And, I mean, at the end up paying off the 58th minute, Odegaard wins the ball in midfield, sprays the ball out wide for Callum Chambers, who's doing, like, one of the overlapping runs. And, I mean, he ends up just whooping in. I mean, that's the sort of cross I always love doing. <laughs> he ends up whooping a decent cross, and, I mean, it ends up landing on Lacazette's foot. And, I mean, he has some f- fantastic control, to bring the ball down. It almost like positioning his body you know, to get into shooting position. And I mean, he ends up smashing the ball to the top corner, but I mean, it ends up just flicking off Suchik's, uh, I think, calf. And that, just that little deflection takes the ball even further away from Fabianski.
1: 3-1. Uh, at 3-1, you're thinking, like, you know, your, your, your mind, you're like looking at the clock. You're like, OK, still the first half. You know, and we're and, kicking and into gear now. It, it, it could be, you know, we just need one more. Goal any any time before the the 60th minute to be back in, but you know fair play to Colin Chambers as well, reminding me of uh, one of the top right backs, Cafu, back in the day. Yeah,
0: uh, that was because I mean, he was just. I mean, it's to what you said, because it, it was actually watching like that, or even that, that guy what was it back in the day in Brazil, that on. Oh when, yes. When they when they know they the, you know they they, oh, they need also what they say all answer the pump that guys, people like Yim and Roberto Carlos would always do those marauding runs forward and, and cause all sorts of havoc, you know, playing as, as almost like wingbacks. And I mean, for me, Callum Chambers was just doing that, really taking the game. And I think that, in a way, also stunned them a bit on the heels somewhat, because all of a sudden you see uh, West Ham, which was strange, because look like they don't normally just back down from like a sort of, uh, you know, a comeback or whatever. And they end up, you know, almost like being a bit more weary. And I mean, we end up getting again another chance just before halftime, I believe, where Saka gets played in a fantastic through ball. I'm just not sure if you remember who, the, who played that killer pass, if it was Laka or... Or, the or, the or, the or the
1: now it the again.
0: No, it was a ball down the middle where he just ran onto the ball. Like, uh, it was a through ball, he ran onto the ball. But I mean, when we were now expecting him to now, like, wind up and pick one of the corners, he ends up just seating a tame shot at Fabianski.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. i I've trying to also think I couldn't get to the guy. I think it could have been Odegaard that played the ball too. I know yeah. I was thinking of Chambers. So second half,
0: uh, I mean, you already knew Arteta was going to, you know, give him the old blow-dryer treatment there. So, you know, first few minutes after the kickoff, Chambers then releases lucker with a, a perfect, in, like, you know, inch-perfect through ball with the outside of his foot. Like having chips from Jansky, but I mean, Diop managed to get back and clear the ball off the line. So, you know, kind of panic stations ringing. Because, you could, you know, we have to see also like, uh, the, the, the tide slightly turning. I'm not saying totally, but slightly. When I started watching, when the camera would pan to David Moyes, and he's arguing already with his coaching staff, like what's going on. <laughs> like, and then I knew, look, yeah, there could be something in it. If we also, you know, managed to squeeze something in, in the next like, 10, 15
1: or 20 minutes. I think, I think, yeah, Arsenal just needed to, yeah, like you said, it needed to be before, like, you know, the 60th minute or something like that, that goal, 60-65 the cut-off because that goal puts pressure on you. I think if that game had to go on in another 10 minutes. Like, okay, the game was a 10-minute longer game. You know, Arsenal getting fresh from strength to, strength to strength to strength to strength to strength. It was like almost... And you could see, I think, West Ham's legs were starting to also give in because, you know, that first 35 minutes, you know, they gave as good as possibly. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Anybody yep. they could have given, and I think, you know, the Arsenal started getting in, I think they started finding their, also started finding their rhythm, Odegaard started passing the game really well. I think just one, you know, bad, not bad, yes, the, 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 the first 35 minutes were bad, but a Aubameyang, you know, once again, you're looking at your captain, and, you know, we were kind of anonymous. Yeah. So
0: 61st, well, Odegaard then plays a reverse pass to the on-russian chambers, who Ends up, you know, just slinging the ball again into the danger area. And I mean, you could see West having a total disarray at the back. And then, uh, what was it? Craig Dawson ends up, you yes. know, with Aubameyang on his shoulder, you know, kind of panics and he sticks a foot out and he volleys the ball into the net 3 2.
1: You know, uh, we understand they said West Ham punching their last three goals were all own oh, no. goals, so there's that, uh, Dawson, two check Dawson. So, they're quite a tricky team to, to score against. They'd rather they put the ball in their own net. But I think 3-2 for Arsenal. And, you know, at, at that point, I was in, like you know, really, really interested in thinking. You know, there, there's something in this game now. There is something in this game. We, we, we just need to keep on pushing because West Ham now are suddenly, you know, boxed in. Every time they were, were trying things, Arsenal were just getting the ball and were going again and again. And, you, and you're kind of asking yourself, you know, where was this Arsenal from the yeah. kickoff?
0: So 66 minutes, again, a big scare for Arsenal. almost like against a runoff play. West Ham he took us he on a, you know, a very, very fast counter-attack. And, I mean, I, 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 you know, I tried watching and re-watching the, the moment the scene that's going to play out where uh, Bowen ends up getting the ball. I think Kieran Tierney sli- is like slips, the ball cracks against him. Ball bounces yeah. back to Bowen. And then when he has another shot, this time it, with Kieran, with, uh, Kieran Tierney on all fours, the ball ends up smacking him on the backside and going for a corner. And I mean, he didn't even know about that, that block, but I mean, two solid blocks to deny the
1: hammers. I think that was one of the moments in the game where I actually looked at it and said, you know, this is going to be 4-2 now. Like, you know, just one of that yeah. you're thinking, ah, oh, this is, this is, this is going to concede now. Like, you know, that knocks all that win not of sales, but, you know, good defending by, by Tierney.
0: But then also, like, you know, as we go into another 74th minute where Arsenal make the double substitution, Saka and Zhaka um, coming off, because I think both of them also were kind of waning, even in that, that, that latter part of the first half and, and parts yeah. of the second half. smith Rowling came on and Pepe came on to kind of, you know, inject some pace and trickery into the game. Uh, where well, you could see what I was now wanting to point out was, you could also see where West Ham was under panic. Look at the substitutions they started making. They bring on a left-back, they bring on a holding mid. Because you could see, they were now almost like thinking, OK, we're going to have to try to, you know, almost like defend this score. Even though we, we try to spring Arsenal on a counter, we're going to try to just sit and sit and sit. And Arsenal, of course, you know, just trying to fire this whole game up to that latter part of the game. 76 minutes, again, Leno f- fumbles a Jesse Lingard shot. Uh Callum Chambers again, man of the hour probably yeah. he ends up coming to the rescue again. Carl, like, you know, manages to get control of the ball and just whack the ball up the field.
1: Yeah, we we, we, we need that kind of defending as well because sometimes you don't likes like to pass the ball out of danger. And I think Leno can take a paid at the ease book because you know, at times you just need to use that bit of initiative as a player and know, like, you know, we just need to get the ball out of, you know, you know, route one, get out of day in the group, but yeah, Callum Chambers was really immense, but like, you know, these first 35 minutes also, you know, was part of the crew that struggled a bit, but I think overall his, his defensive and offensive play was second to none, and I think it's really impressive that how he performed, I mean... I remember, I know he, he he did well, you know, before his injury, he helped us at the right back, but I still have a bit of nightmares of that, uh, um, Jefferson for fun or something like that, or Montero, yes. Jefferson Montero of Swansea, uh, <laughs> but I mean, you know, he was really immense, and I think he was really key to us, um, like you said, getting back into the game, and as we fight for that equaliser, he was pivotal. Yeah, so at the first word,
0: Aubameyang get gets substituted, I mean, rightfully so, because Look, up to then, I mean, I think that, that sub could have even been made a bit earlier because up to then he was offering really nothing. He was like, you know, almost like uh, the likes of Smith Rowe. Um, like, even that little bit that, that he came on that period of like four or five minutes prior to the substitution, he was also like, you know, in a real dog fight. Pepper was trying to get himself involved in the game as well, you know, putting up a, a sort of fight. Luck as it was holding his own against, yeah. I mean, two giants up front for them. Before we and then I mean Odegaard and and Towns uh, Thomas party, they were trying to you know give some sort of stability in the game. So I just think to myself, this is where, as you said when you started off the podcast, this is where you're kind of expect you know, but bigger performance from your captain. You're already chasing a game like this, so you actually is thinking, okay, can you also contribute from your side? Because I'm um, you know, in a way, this also leads me to a topic where. You know, I'm also getting sometimes tired when I hear some like fans say, "Oh yeah, they they, they suck him out on the right, or they did yeah. this." Or look, if you want to be a, a all-time like or, or forward or, or great, you have to adjust yourself and be so versatile. We can be used all over. I mean, you look at it's just, like just uh, off the top of my head. You look at Salah. He can play as a number ten. He can play out on the left. He can play out to the right. Or he can lead the line down the middle. But I mean, every time it's almost like we went to almost like. I'm like, bubble wrap Obama, and look, the thing is, he, the money he earns, he's supposed to also do the business when, you know, when called upon. Or not just that, but also lead as a captain. But for me, it's like he when, when it goes, when, when you know, when the shit eats the fan like this, or what happened against Wester, you don't see him coming out and, and, and giving the fight, you know, almost like we can show them single-handedly, and he's like, you know, pulling his guys through the fire. He, he kind of goes into his, he's like, like a shell. And he just like, kind of backs away from the fight. And it, it, for me, it's infuriating sometimes about
1: him. You know, it's like a, you know, Alexis Sanchez almost, you know, even though he wasn't a captain, but, you know, when Arsenal's down or something and, and we're pushing, he tells the team, come, like, you know, come, let's go, let's go, let's go, we're going we're gonna to do it, and like, you know, let's go, let's push, let's push. But the him, doesn't really say anything at all. Like, you know, was it also what you
0: said now, of Alexis, look at that, that Bournemouth game also. Where he almost, like kind of led us out of that mire that that we, you know, we already tanked at 3 no and, and you know was a like kind of the, the, the white flags were, up at first off against Born with it time. and then he like second enough he takes a game with a scarf on the neck and he starts to fight back.
1: Yes, exactly, and I mean, Ah uh, Bamieng just like looked like you know even if you 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 know you mentioned about you just play on the right the left or whatever you you play even if you do play him. Um, um, in the centre four, he doesn't give us the hold up play option where you can bring the other players into play, and I think you know we've been missing that, and I think that's why Arsenal's players in midfield have struggled to score. I mean, previously, you know, Arsenal's midfield contributed a lot of goals, and you need to look back to maybe Olivier Giroud, you know, was a good hold up play and bringing the midfielders in, but with a bar being up front, you kind of have that option of only really playing the ball into space. He gets into the ball and he scores. I'm not saying he's, he's, he's a bad player or he's not as good as this player or that player, but I think his game sometimes becomes very one dimensional and a kind of puts pressure like like your midfielders don't get involved much in scoring opportunities as you once did, but like with Lacazette, like I, I think he holds the ball up a bit more and the, the, there's more freedom on the pitch to play other players in. So, you know, maybe Arsenal should be looking in the summer for not a replacement, but somebody that can add that bit of that difference in the team. Because if, I mean, mean, hey, you know, once he loses that pace, you're going know, to ask, like, you know, what, what is he going to bring to the side?
0: Because I mean, for me, my biggest concern is, like, you know, uh, this is something that was actually a joy to watch last season. Like, when he was, like, you know, speeding past people, we actually, at the minute, when you could already see when he's coming towards the box, he's already, you know, he already has in his mind what, almost like he has, like, a you know, like a, when they say you when you paint a picture, he already has that, that, that canvas in front of him, so he knows what he's going to do. Now, it's almost like, just watch, I mean, just watch him now as a general thing now. Whenever he comes towards the box, he looks nervous. He looks like somebody that's, you know, that's, that's just making his debut. So, he takes, it. was like, extra two or three touches in the box, he... He kind of like chokes the shot more than than you know. He was like you know uh, placing the ball and, and and doing you know caressing the ball. Now it's like he's choking up everything, and that is what's almost like messing up all his chances that he's getting because uh, look, he, he's getting the chances. It's just he's fluffing it up.
1: No, I agree, it's almost like when that change happened. There's almost a breath of fresh air when they when they when they substituted uh, Aubameyang.
0: Yeah, yeah, with Martinelli coming on. Uh, then a minute later after the substitution, as he's already making his way at the back of the goal, Pepe ends up getting a ball, I think again from Odegaard. He ends up, you know, standing up a perfect right foot cross and Laka rises above the whole West Ham defenders and nods in 3-3 Arsenal.
1: I think he was listening to the podcast because we were always saying, you know, that people are getting their heads on the ball. They are getting stuck in you know, and I mean, you know, Arsenal scored from a header and two and own goals of all the, the crosses of getting, you know, putting pressure on. Right. It just shows what, what pressure can do if you put the right pressure on in the box. Um, but yeah, Nicholas Pepe with a good assist, I mean, he's really be getting involved in a lot of, you know, goal-scoring um, passes or assists or even goals. So, you no, know, it's good to see that he's starting to maybe you know, get into that form. And I think Antetis may maybe managing him well, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, as the season tails off, if he can contribute more to, to that Europa League run for us.
0: I mean, what I actually, what I think, I also enjoyed of that goal, as as simple as it looked, but um, you could see West Ham didn't really expect him to, to eat such a, a, a cross on his, like, his standing foot, because, I mean, it was, like, inch perfect, the way he crossed it, and it was in, in that exact danger zone where the goalie doesn't know whether he must come for it and the defenders don't know whether it's going to, you know, just float, float over all the ends. So, I mean, Laka was very really awake to it and, I mean, he really planted the ball past Bjarnski. Honest
1: I honestly thought that it could be a, a, a winner on the cards at that point. But also, you know, really happy at that fight back and, you know... It, you're happy to take the three points, would be happy to take the three points, but you're also happy to settle for a point if you look at where we we were in the game as well. So I just thought at that, i just rather just calm the game down. But, you know, big ups to Odegaard as well. He was really magnificent. Um, You know, he had showed composure. He showed what Arsenal kind of missed with that player that, you know, knows when to play a pass, knows when to play things quickly, knows when to slow it down. He was a true playmaker. You know, obviously that first... 30 minutes, 35 minutes again, you know, everybody was under the cosh. But after that, you know, he really took a foothold in the game. And I'm not comparing him to Ozil, but it's been a very long time that the playmaker away from home, you know, put their foot on the ball like that.
0: And I mean, what I also really enjoyed of the game was, um, you know, that Callum Chambers display, because, um, look, that West Ham always basically play on that Kufal on the, the... right-back, and um, Criswell, the left-back, that was now face-to-face with Callum Chambers. And Callum Chambers gave him barely time to play as a wing-back because that guy had to do more defending for probably from the 38th minute or so, and to do way more defending than he probably did the whole season because Callum Chambers was just peppering the whole time. And I mean, when he he couldn't get past him, he was playing short, like, you know, little one-twos with Odegaard or or, uh, Thomas Partey or Xhaka. And I mean, he was getting the overlap runs and that guy, at the end, I think, in the latter part of that, that uh, game as, like, as the second half, he was almost like being outdone every time, 2v1, every time, because th- we were kind of isolating the left-hand side of, of uh, West Ham, you know, with a, a bit like the way Bale left Doherty, you know, yeah. to get skimmed by Kieran Tierney a few weeks ago. And now we had now somebody like Callum Chambers again doing the same sort of treatment to Creswell, and that kind of, almost like hamstrung them, because I mean, they did not really have any sort of the way to fight that eventually, because that, that, centre the backs of these were too like you know shit-scared, so they were just hanging on in the middle of the box, you know, expecting that cross to come in, and they like the the midfielders were not really getting involved. Because look, we all know Declan Rice, he's only yeah. involved yeah. Getting stuck in breaking up play, but I mean we were always like circumventing that whole that midfield of this for the majority of that second half.
1: Yeah, that Dixon Rice you know, scored a good goal as well. When he broke through that midfield as well, going I know slipping a bit back, but you know he had a good performance as well, like up until a certain point. But you know, good point at the end of the day, I think you know under the circumstances um, at West Ham's home turf. But I think you know, had Arsenal been more away and, and and switched on. It could have. they could have made a statement to the, te- to the rest of the teams in the Premier League, not saying that we're coming for your top four spot, but, you know, kind of saying that there is something to watch out for for next season. But, you know, we showed fighting spirit. Probably we wouldn't have seen a comeback like this. Oh, we haven't seen something like this in a very long time. So, yeah, good, good point for Arsenal. And, we we have the international break now, so unfortunately no footy. But I mean, like I said, because I'm going away next week to the Kruger National Park, going to kind of prepare ourselves for the Liverpool game as well. And I think for the first time in a long time, you know, Liverpool could be there for the taking.
0: Yeah, I mean they're now seventh in the league, which is strange. We're ninth in the league, so yeah, it's going to be a tough, a tough affair. Because look, they already saw you know hampered with a. Uh, their defence, that is actually the thing that's been really, you know, almost like hamstringing them for the majority of the season, because right now they're almost like playing constantly either makeshift defence, or they're drafting in some of the youngsters, but even some of the youngsters have been picking up niggles, so, I mean, we'll see how they, you know, what sort of team they eventually can put out, whereas Arsenal, the squad looks now, you know, kind of well gelled, Now I think it's just now down to focus, because I I, I don't think you can do, because look, I think Arteta also mentioned it in, in either the after the Olympiacos game or after um this past game now against Western where you can't every time give the teams almost like again starts against you because no. yeah okay that was now a fight back that we did against Ham but I mean you can't do that if, you know every week where you almost like have to tell yourself we're gonna have to score six if they score four or other oh, yeah. you know because you're gonna end up just burning your team out like if you cannot organize yourselves better because I don't really think I don't know I know people are throwing that, that, that whole idea around about David Luiz and and Xtreet, but I really think we should, you know, not only give Sal- Saliba a chance when he, you know, after the loan period, but I would also get maybe a defender that that's you know, you know, well embedded in a, in a team, like you uh, know, say in a good defensive team or de- being defensive def- defensively coached, but you know, just to so- get some sort of grasp on field of how to organize defense because. I think we just go into like a sort of panic mode completely. Yeah. And, and, and it caused all sorts of cases. And then you know it almost like not only it leads back to the goalkeeper then, but then it also starts filtering through the, the midfielders, the the attacking players. Because look at at Zaka at, at times. There's also another I mean, as much as he, he, he's been almost like Mr. consistent in that, but you can see when, when the chips are down, he struggles when the, when, when you need either that legs, so you know, to carry you through a game. You can see, like the minute he say lose the ball, I have the pitch, and we get it on the counter. He cannot keep up with it. That, that you know, where you need that, you know, something to to say that the core type or yes. you know, when, when a, like an on-form party. Look, you can see he's still finding his feet in the league. I mean, I don't know. My always make excuses for him, but you can see, like what we've seen of Thomas party saying in La Liga, he can, you know, have that that sort of legs to track back if he needs to. But I just think to myself. If you want to see that, like, if Arteta wants to follow this whole project thing, obviously, he will have to get players that are way more mobile and who can organize a match on the field, not, you know, where they're looking at him every time to coach him on the touchline, because you can't do that. I mean, you've played football yourself. It comes a time where you have to think for yourself. You can't be babyfed. Constant info of, yeah, you must pull, here, yeah, you must do that. Mm-hmm. You watch like the top sides in European football, they know already where they must be. And I think for us to get to that sort of level or as you said, that echelon. Yeah. We need to have that sort of, that, that people that are reading the game on the field, not on, like in a, in a little notebook by a coach or uh, one yeah. of the coaches giving tips like it. You must not think for yourself. I mean, they're, they're all top pro footballers.
1: We like that initiative as well. Uh, in a team, like You have to take, take charge and that and that's sure why you need an on-field captain who spots things, you know, like I always mention to it, it's not it's, like it's a broken record, but, you know, Patrick Vieira, is Henri, I think I mentioned, or don't think of Henri, or one of the players in the said, like, you know, the boss maybe teaches, you know, Avenger gives the instruction or the formations like this. And then Patrick Vieira on the field would tell, maybe, you know, maybe something, push deeper, push deeper. And they were like, no, but it's not part of the tactic, you know. They would say... The boss is not on the field now. We're the ones on the field. We can see what's happening now. So let's just do this for a bit. Or, you know, tell the wingbacks to sit. Like Tony Adams to tell Arsenal wingbacks 2 0 up for the first 5-10 minutes. Just sit back. Don't move. We stay here. Because, I mean, yes, the coach says, push wingbacks, wingbacks must push. But what, at times you need to listen and judge the game on the field. And for 5 10 minutes, just nullify the game and take this thing out of it because the team will come at you. And look was
0: Liverpool, their most consistent players this season has been Mane and Salah and, and yeah. of course, Burson as well. But I just think to myself, you know, like, look, Salah and, and, and uh, Mane, they've always been our Achilles because, I mean, they've, you know, been almost like pestering us and, and they always score, whether, you know, win, lose or draw, they're always scoring against us. Because, I mean, they kind of, you know, read the game way for us, And I think for us to to get something out of Liverpool or kind of also exploit their, their weaknesses that we know now, like their defence is their weakness. I just think to myself, we need to, like, you, you know, keep somebody like Trent Alexander, Arnold and, and Robertson, we need to have them defend almost like way higher, you know, in their own half, or, or actually deeper, sorry, you know, where they have to sit a bit deeper because we are, you know, dictating the, the pace and that. Because I think to myself, you can't also... I'm not saying we must go gung-ho against because you know that, that uh, Salah, and they thrive off that counter. Yeah. There's one ball forward. Yes. often. So I just think that, the, you know, the work rate of also the midfielders are going to come in because just to break up that sort of play that they have there because everything only gets set up from midfield. And I mean, with them missing, like, you know, vital players also, I think, you know, part in midfield, we need to exploit them in that sense also. So I don't know. Your, your take is with regards to the
1: game. No, I definitely think that. But like, oh, my thing is... Uh, both teams are probably going to be focusing on 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 their midweek uh, duties. So you know Arsenal will probably looking at the Europa League. So we're probably going to see a bit. Okay, my personal opinion is, but we're probably going to see a, a mixed match right Not too mixed match, like you know we're going to go under strength. But they probably will be players that they'll be looking for Thursday because Thursday or not that or not this, Thursday, the eighth of April, also my birthday, <laughs> but it will uh, actually be the the um, Came with all Arsenal fans will be looking towards. I know we're thinking it game by game, but for me, you know that, that that way is more important. If you tell me we take a one 0 loss against Liverpool and a three 0 win against, you know, so i I'm going to take that. But I think Arsenal just need to go with that same approach. You know, don't start to to um
0: to labour,
1: but also don't give Liverpool you know the freedom to knock your long balls over and get caught cold on your heels because. You know, it could be a, a, a ugly game if you give Liverpool a two-goal, three-goal head start and they try to fight back. They'll just keep on you know, punishing you. We've seen we've lost some high scores against Liverpool when we we, we, we tried to go 2 gango. So, yeah, it's going to be an interesting affair for, for, for Liverpool-Arsenal or Arsenal-Liverpool because of the fact that both teams know that their chances of Europe are depending on the European pictures that they get right. Yeah,
0: because, I mean, I'm now also just doing a comparison quickly of, um, you know, the injuries. And, I mean, they've got, uh, like, uh, Liverpool have, you know, people like Gomez, Matip, and uh, Van Dijk. They're all out for their season completely. So, and then Henderson is almost like touch and go with him, like, leading up to the uh, uh, Arsenal game. And then also Firmino, who's been, you know, not really as influential as the title-winning season but, I mean, he's also a key guy that's also a big, big question mark on him. He's physical fitness for the game. And then, of course, you got Saka who's got that uh, doubtful with that hamstring problem that they had. I think it's just more niggle than anything. And, I mean, oh God! I think we can actually watch tonight if Norway play, if he's going to even be on the bench because the coach actually said it was just like a, a slight jaw of the ankle, not, a, a, you know, a bad twist. So, we'll see there, you know, leading up to the game next weekend.
1: Yeah, I think the part is he's staying actually he did go international duty so that's also a plus side for us that he's actually you know taking a break because you need to get those muscles instead else you need
0: dig yeah so I mean do you have any other talking points as we round off the shortened podcast
1: no I'm good with everything
0: okay so guys hope you enjoy the weekend a lot of international footy and other international sports around and I think start the F1 season as well so hope you guys take care stay safe and goodbye
1: Cheers guys, hopefully uh, it's a nice break and we come back strong against Liverpool.